Once upon a time, there was a little boy called Howard Hello. who loved watching Doctor Who. Oh, this is brilliant. But eventually, Howard found that just watching Doctor Who wasn't enough, and he wanted to write it as well. Doctor Who got his gun out and shot the Dalek. Young Howard wrote many Doctor Who stories and scripts. But then one day, he discovered alcohol and laziness. So he put his writing in the attic and forgot about it. Twenty years later, Howard found his old Doctor Who scripts and persuaded his lifelong friend Rufus to read them, record them and release them in podcast form. They are the Aranthan. Aranthrans. 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 They have an evil stare. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's take the lift, Leela. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go up there. Most of those stairs are fine. But there is one. One. There is one. Yeah. You cannot trust it's evil. Rufus and Howard discovered that young Howard had not been afraid to completely change the mythology of Doctor Who. You really are a brave man, Doctor. Will, it runs in the family. My brother, Buckroy Dunderfar. Buckroy Dunderfar. My brother, Buckroy Dunderfar, was very, very brave. He set out on a journey to another universe. The one the Toymaker came from, I think. Doctor, sometimes I don't know what you're talking about. Neither do I. <laughs> I'm talking shit. <laughs> they discovered that young Howard had not been afraid to invent his own science. Can we not let it explode? You said the TARDIS was indestructible. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. What's the doctor got to say about that? He says, well, seeing as it would explode if we tried to remove it, I can't take it into a time loop and I can't land inside my he-portal watch. What? <laughs> Do what? He says, I can't take it into a time loop and I can't land inside my he-portal watch. <laughs> That's what it says. What? It seems you, you may be right. can't land in a he-portal watch? It <laughs> seems you may be right, Jamie, but we shall have to stand far away. What? Why has it got to take it into a time loop anyway? Just Move wait it. until it explodes. Because the TARDIS then, is indestructible. Then it's exploded and then we fly off in the TARDIS. Yeah, but I can't take it into a time loop. And I I'm can't... not suggesting that you do that, Doctor I can't, Who. I can't, <laughs> and I cannot land inside my he-portal watch. <laughs> no one mentioned a he-portal watch. I'm Do- sorry. Doctor Who. I'm I sorry, don't even Jamie. know what one is. I thought you said, why don't we go and land inside a he-portal watch? <laughs> Did you not say that? In a time loop. They discovered that young Hal Howard didn't understand actual science, such as gravity. Gallifrey's moons are all very strange. There are four altogether. One supports just fire. Another supports air. So you can breathe normally on that one. <laughs> Another can support just earth. So you can dig on that one. I mean, it's a moon. It's got to be made of something. No, this one is made of air. <laughs> And ours supports water. Right. Okay, so uh, if you try digging a hole on your moon, Zoe, the Earth would float away. Right. But on our moon, it would fall to the ground. (laughs) Wait a second, hold on, what? If you tried... 
no idea. If you tried digging, I am lost. <laughs> that that is. I mean, a lot of this has been confusing, but that sentence has gone beyond yeah. me. Well, that's because I've got into actual facts now. No, you haven't. And I don't understand You've left them. Facts behind. No, but I'm trying to explain how the moon works at this yeah. point. And they discovered that adult Howard doesn't understand gravity either. But you know, well, it's a big rock, isn't it? But there's like dust and stuff. The dust doesn't float away. Why doesn't it then? Well, because of gravity keeping it. And nothing so it has gravity it. on the moon. But if then. yeah, well, everything has everything that. You have gravity. Everything that no, has I've physical gravity, you do. Everything has gravity. Everything that exists, including us, it's just that we have so little gravity that things don't get attracted to us. Yeah, okay. But yeah. we do have a little bit because yeah, and we the moon's exist. got some, but it's not got as much as we have here. It, it's not as got so. So when we go there, we have a different um, yeah. weight because there's not as much gravity holding us on, so yeah. we can like jump more. But we don't float away from space. <laughs> jump more. Yeah. Going, oh, let's go there. there. Yeah, 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 brilliant. Because totally. you um, know that's that's what I want out of life: more jumping. More jumping. <laughs> Absolutely. But what Doctor Who seems to be saying yeah. is that some moons have gravity yeah. and others don't. But yeah. Yeah. They've, no. got, they've got four different moons. They've got Earth, Aya, yeah, Wind yeah, and what, Thing. That's what I'm wondering about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wind and Thing. Yeah. They've got Earth, Aya, Wind and Earth, Thing. Earth, Aya, Wind and Thing, yeah. Let's go to the Aya planet. <laughs> When it comes to our moon, it's got if it's got like you know dust or light rocks on it, yeah. they would only float away if something caused them to. So a person like picking them up, yeah, throwing, Doctor throwing them picking in. them up and throwing them off—that's what they it would means. Float then. Away. That's what it means. Yeah. On your moon, Zoe, when you dig out rocks, and I throw, throw them. <laughs> I throw them into the sky, and then do yeah. I come back? But when I dig a rock on my I moon, don't throw I don't them. do that because uh, I'm like, why would I do that? I'm Doctor Who. I've got better things to be doing than. Them throwing rocks into space. <laughs> Young Howard didn't think of what he was writing as fan fiction. He thought that his scripts had a real chance of being made, and even sent them to the BBC. She walked over to the control console and pressed the red control button. Nothing happened, and so she tried again. This time, something happened. <laughs> Nothing overly fantastic. A noise just came from the doors, a kind of fut fit, fut fut fit, then silence. The Daleks did not want the people inside to escape, so they had fitted a jamming system onto the door's opening mechanism, which was disallowing them to open. They could have just, like, boarded it up with planks, couldn't they? <laughs> and I know it's a high-tech machine and everything, but it's got yeah. fairly simple doors. So yeah, the Daleks had put a brick there. <laughs> Jamie, there's a brick in front of the door. They've built a wall. Oh, I don't know what a brick is and how to move a brick. This was optimistic, not just because Howard was a 13-year-old boy with no experience of writing for TV, but also because Doctor Who had been cancelled some years earlier. You'll be wanted for questioning, Doctor. Um, Doctor Who? The Doctor says, Smith, John Smith. <laughs> and the policeman Yay. wonderfully says... Bye. What a lot of Johns. <laughs> well, Dr. Smith, come on, we'll go and see the professor now. The doctor, John, and PC Wilkinson leave the room. Cool. We see a room. Do you think that jo PC Wilkinson's first name is John? I hope so. <laughs> PC John. E PC John Wilkinson. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Hmm. And Aranthran 1 is actually called John Aranthran. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They should be called um, the Johns from the planet John, shouldn't they? <laughs> <laughs> We are the Johns. Yeah. Lady John. <laughs> what do you think? Nothing could kill Howard's love of Doctor Who. Not even a Dalek with its deadly egg whisk and plunger. He bought the VHS tapes, read the books and magazines, collected the toys. Howard adored Doctor Who. That is, until one fateful day 
in the 1990s. All right, Doctor Who the film came out, and I was a big Doctor Who fan. It hadn't been on air for a long time. Yeah. And so, um, no, Doctor Who had finished, hadn't it, with Sylvester McCoy? It finished. And then Hollywood decided, Mr. Hollywood, yeah. He decided to remake it. Yeah, it wasn't a, it wasn't a huge success. It was it on TV, but you didn't wait for it, did I you? I did not wait. I found that they were selling it in Blockbuster Video, which yeah. is a shop that used to exist. Um, it got progressively worse as it went along. And then at the end of it, Paul McGann kissed a woman, so yeah. I cried. <laughs> and then... <laughs> <laughs> and I phoned, I phoned my dad, and I made him drive all the way from Colville to London to pick me up and take me home, Excellent. where I could recuperate. And whilst Excellent. I was there, yeah. and Doctor Who were, was on on that, and I watched it again. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't as bad the second time round. <laughs> And now, uh, and now, as we know, it's one of our favourite Doctor Who episodes yeah, ever because we love it now. It's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a lot in. I mean, I think there's a lot. Uh, there's a, this is a, there's a deep explanation about your life in this story mm. that you were like a sensitive and emotional teenager and young man, and then the Doctor Who movie like broke you. Did um, and and really, really, you know, it was a breakdown. It was a, it was an emotional was. breakdown, and you needed help. Um, from uh, a strong father figure, and so you chose your father. I Good did choice. And then afterwards, it was it was a process of rebuilding yourself. That's but right. But you rebuilt yourself as an emotionless dimwit, <laughs> <laughs> right? yeah. who who just who exists yes, for because, laughs and like, nothing else. Well, like I said, like uh, I think um, I only think I only remember this because you said this is what I said was that um, that um, that I considered at the end of my childhood, mm. childhood like you know all, all all aspects of childhood were gone. In Innocence that evaporated. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, so I became a man, and that's why I became a dimwit. <laughs> Without emotions. Without emotions, yeah, because that's, that that is, the definition that's the definition of a man. Of a man. Yeah. I think the same thing happened to me when I moved to the Canary Islands. Not in, exact, not in the same way, but basically before What, I you moved. cried and rang my dad up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Basically, I moved to the Canaries. I, so I remember that. I remember that phone call. <laughs> I was like, "Don't go." If you'd like to hear the first two Doctor Who stories that Howard wrote as a child, you can listen to them on special episodes of the Man by Cow podcast, available now from the British Comedy Guide. Starting with the first Doctor Who special, "The Candle of Ever," the Dalek invasion of Balam. <laughs> Balham. I am got... invading Balham. I am a Dalek. <laughs> You're not a Dalek, Tom Baker Doctor, are you? You're getting confused. Some people just don't appreciate fine art. <laughs> <laughs> and on the subject, there is a fine art show oh. on in Blackpool in 1991. What? Which is where we are going. So, so we shall. Pop in there. Go, go to the tower. Go to the pleasure beach. Play on the slot machines. And then stroll along, stroll along the front. Eating candy floss and rock. <laughs> Zoe, check for oxygen. I'm really... Uh, <laughs> I'm doing an impression of you here because uh, yeah. check for oxygen. <laughs> it's fine, Doctor," said Zoe yeah. as she looked up from a large group of dials which expressed how much oxygen, hydrogen, argon, and radioactivity the planet's atmosphere contained. So there's a machine that tells yeah. you how much argon there is. <laughs> yeah, that's the most important. Oxygen? Point. Uh, no, it doesn't tell you. It's... Doctor Who? Look at the amount of argon. <laughs> Jamie, so much argon. <laughs> I mean, yes, lots of argon. Here, um, eat this celery. It will protect you from argon. Yeah, no, it doesn't tell you how much. It expresses it. 
<laughs> the object that had materialised on Scaro a few seconds before the police box was another TARDIS, though this one's chameleon circuit was in working order, and the tree matched in perfectly with the thick forestry that covered practically the whole planet, and so the Ogron on duty had not noticed. <sighs> yeah, the Ogron on duty guarding that tree... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. gonna, that's how they check. Like, uh, <laughs> Just go around counting trees. Yeah, uh, same amount of tree here. <laughs> Good. Oh, maybe one more tree, but not sure. <laughs> yeah, not sure which tree, new tree. <laughs> but surely the computer lets you know when a thing has arrived on the planet. But he looks at it and goes, "Oh no, it's just a tree." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, a tree has yeah, just arrived. <laughs> Don't need to worry about that. <laughs> yeah. There's also a two-part Doctor Who adventure all about an evil alien television station called Siege. It looks like nothing more than a battery tester. <laughs> it looks like a battery tester with a handle and a button which causes the battery to be gripped. Are you just... You're, <laughs> describing describing battery. your battery tester. It looks like right? a battery tester with all the things that a battery tester yeah. right? It's a battery tester. But actually, if the button is pressed, something else happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you think it's going to go on to say what, but it doesn't. <laughs> Police A joins the doctor. So, you think you may be able to free them? I hope so. Otherwise, the ray will grow stronger and swallow us all. Mm. But doctor, what exactly are you going to do? I'm going in. What? You'll be trapped like the others. Ah, but I'm not like the others. He grins. He waves his weird battery tester before the police A's eyes. But Doctor Who, that's a battery tester. What do you mean? And what's that? No, it's not. Because if I press this button, it will not grip a battery. <laughs> Something else will happen. <laughs> this, it will not grip a battery. <laughs> because I haven't put a battery in there. That's Something true. else happened. Nothing. <laughs> lack of grip. Lack of battery grip will occur. <laughs> and green rays hate that shit. They're like, oh fucking hell. Where's the battery, dude? <laughs> if there's one thing that makes a green ray want to leave quick, it's it's a battery <laughs> not getting grip. <laughs> yeah, it's got it sussed. Grip a battery, <laughs> grip it. Brilliant. And if you've already heard them and are hungry for more Howard Long Doctor Who, it's only a week until part one of a brand new story, TARDIS is Five. The body of Professor Harrison is still intact. So you think he was just murdered? So you think he was just regular murdered? <laughs> and it was nothing to do with this death. He points at the gone body. <laughs> <laughs> Find out how a Cyberman can be made of gold, which pronouns Doctor Who uses when he meets himself, and what happens when you glue together TARDIS's five. Was writer in the world? Was writer in the world? I'll pop along in a few minutes and take a look. Right, thanks, Doctor. Bye. Bye-bye, Dork, came a Scottish voice which had just joined Zoe. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, <laughs> <laughs> Zoe. Bye-bye, Jamie. <laughs>
<laughs> he says bye bye to them both. Yeah, they all spend like four lines saying goodbye. It's like the end of the Waltons. Goodbye, canine. Goodbye, Leela. <laughs> goodbye, Romana. But Doctor, they're not here. <laughs> they're not here. <laughs> I'm saying goodbye to I, them in their separate time I am zone. I'm being completist. Yeah. Bye bye, Zoe. <laughs> bye bye, Jamie. And then the next line is they all fucked off. <laughs> they all fucked off. <laughs> And after saying bye, they all fuzzed off. Good. Uh, the doctor replaced the receiver in his pocket and walked over to Radar's legs. Coming next week on The Worst Writer in the World. Rubbish writer. Yeah.